because you've probably heard enough of me, I'm going to ask Chris, can you come up here and pray for Paul, please? Thank you very much. Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, we bless you for this man. I bless you for this man. He's a really good egg. And um, we just praise you for him. And we ask now that you fill him with your Holy Spirit. That, Lord, the words that you've put in, put in him, you would quicken and sharpen. May they be to us like that double-edged sword that you talk about in your word. That penetrates to dividing bone and marrow and the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. Lord, we love him. He's amazing. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, good evening, everyone. Afternoon. Evening. Well, it's probably getting dark, so it seems like that's the case. So, um, yeah. I must say, this is going to be the first time I've had to get some new glasses. So I'll be one of those preachers that will go like that and then go like that and then go like that. Because, uh, yeah, I've, I've had to realize that I'm at that stage now. So if you could turn to Galatians, um, we're going to basically um, center ourselves around Galatians 5, but we are going to be jumping around to various other um, Bible verses. I've titled this particular section, Walking Under the Influence of the Spirit. So let me just give you a bit of a context of Galatians, just to give you an idea. So Paul um, in one of his missionary journeys, went through the churches of Galatia. Um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he spoke words, people's lives got changed, and in faith, they believed, received the grace, the gift of salvation of what Jesus did on the cross and started their walk in God. Um, and then as time went on, he went and moved on to various other things. At some point, when Paul was... Um, wherever he was, he heard news that the churches of Galatia had started moving away from uh, walking in the Spirit into walking in back into law. And uh, there are some um, teachings that some people from the Jewish faith had come along and started basically sowing seeds of doubt. And so this whole thing of what Paul's talking about to the Galatians is an idea of you've started something in the spirit, but you've gone back. So as I said, we're going to center ourselves in Galatians 5, but we are going to move around a little bit. So put your finger in Galatians 5, and if you turn to Galatians 3, this is where Paul really lays it into the Galatians. He says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. This would have been something that he would have spoken to the Galatians in the time that he was there. I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by you believing what you'd heard? 
Paul's really concerned about this idea that what people had started by walking under the influence of the Spirit have now turned away and started doing something that is from the Old Covenant. If you turn to Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, this is important to understand that actually at the point of salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. And because we receive the Holy Spirit, it's through that process that we have been justified before God. So the process of justification occurred when we believed. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Every single one of us received the Holy Spirit when we gave our life to God, when we come to the point of believing in what Jesus did on the cross and declaring that he is our Savior, we receive that deposit of the Holy Spirit. That is the point of justification before the eyes of God. One of the things that I've come to realize is that, yes, we're justified before God, but there's a process of sanctification that we need to walk out day by day by day. And it's important to know the difference between justification, because justification is not something that we do under our own strength. We are accepted by God. God looks at us and says, you're justified because of what Jesus did on the cross. But there's the process of sanctification. That's the process of allowing the Holy Spirit, which was deposited in us, to influence us in everything we say we do. And this is what Paul was talking about to the Galatians. You started your journey with the Holy Spirit. You started believing, but you've turned away and you've negated the power of the Holy Spirit that resides within you. They were walking away from what the Holy Spirit does. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's just go through a couple of things. Um, in order to save time, I'm just going to basically go through, read some verses. Jesus talks about in John 14, 26, and says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Holy Spirit that's in us, reminds us, draws us back to who Jesus is. That's the Holy Spirit. It's one of those things that I remember the Trinity is always focusing on everyone else. Holy Spirit goes, look at Jesus, look how amazing Jesus is. Jesus basically goes, look at the Father, look how amazing the Father is. They're always honoring the others in the Trinity, and that's who we are molded after. Ephesians 1, 17, I keep asking that the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Want to know who God is? Allow the Holy Spirit that resides in you to reveal God more and more every single day. It's not something that you do out of your own mind. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal, show you things through the Scriptures, speaking to you on a day-to-day -day basis. 
We come to know God more fully when we rely on the Spirit's leading in our lives. Every single day, the Spirit is wanting to lead us, to guide us, to show us the way. I haven't got time, but you can also look in 1 Corinthians 9 to 14, which also talks about the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal. John 16, verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. There is a battle that's going on in the world about truth. You look on the media. The idea is that you see something and you believe that's truth, but it's not. And one of the things I've come to realize is if you believe what you see on the media is truth, it's always going to be faulty. It's always going to be building a rock, building a house on sand. It's going to collapse. There's only one truth, and that's the truth of Jesus Christ. That's the truth of what he has spoken. And the Holy Spirit guides us to reveal Jesus and what he spoke through the scriptures. That's truth. That's something that can be built on a solid foundation and will never, ever fail. And that's important because we can't rely on what's out there as a source of truth. Next thing, Holy Spirit helps us in our times of weakness, Romans 8, 28. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. You ever experience any time of weakness, the Holy Spirit is there to guide and help you. We're not on our own. We have the Holy Spirit residing within us. As I said before, we have been justified before God, but there's a process of sanctification. We are becoming more and more like Jesus in every single way we do. Every day and in every situation, we have a source of strength that resides within us. We have a source of love that resides within us. We have a source of grace that empowers us in every single thing God has asked us to do. There is nothing God will ask you to do that he has not already empowered you through the Holy Spirit that resides within you. He will never, ever say to you, do this and not give you the tools and the strength and the grace to be able to do it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Acts 10.38 is something that I always come back to again and again and again. Acts 10.38 says, Jesus went around healing all, all, because the Holy Spirit was upon him. We too have the Holy Spirit upon us as well. We too have that Holy Spirit can, that can empower us. So when we lay on hands, just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, not out of our own strength, this is what Paul was saying to the Galatians, you started in the Spirit, but now you're trying to do it out of your own flesh. The Holy Spirit empowers us all to be able to go out, lay on hands, things happen. That's what the Holy Spirit's designed to do. Spiritual growth and development primarily occurs through the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We are all on a journey. 
We're all learning to become more like Jesus in everything we do. And the Holy Spirit within us is there to help us every single part of the day. One of the things that Paul talks about to the Galatians, it says, why have you abandoned what you started with? I'm reminded, uh, Paul talks about this, 2 Thessalonians 5, 19, do not quench the spirit. Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We have a choice. We can partner alongside and allow the Holy Spirit to release all spiritual blessings that are available for us. Or we can turn away, we can quench the Holy Spirit. We can turn away like the Galatians did and say, actually, we want to do something else. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Very quickly, the old covenant was based on law. Because there was no, thing, no spiritual influence within the old covenant, there was an external law that was around on the outside. So in the old covenant, there was from outside going on the inside. But what Jesus did on the cross was radically change that so that when we believe in him, we have the Holy Spirit go within us. And so what happens is that we go from now from an inside outside. So we get a situation where Jesus is in the midst of the storm and there's a storm raging around and the disciples are all anxious. What does Jesus do? He stands up because the Holy Spirit flowing through him, it's from the inside out and he speaks words that calms the storm. We need to be able to realize that the circumstances around us shouldn't be dictating how we live our lives because the Holy Spirit within us is more powerful than anything. Now, Galatians 5, 16, verse 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This process of walking involves taking a step by step by step. It's an active part that we all have to play. It's not something that we basically stand and not do anything. We've got to basically, every single day, come to the point where we are listening, we're partnering alongside the Holy Spirit. The idea that, yes, there's a battle, but I want to make sure that we understand that when we're partnering with the Holy Spirit, we stand in a place of triumph. Greater is he that is in me that is in the world. We are not in a battle where we don't know the outcome. We are in a battle from a place of victorious position. And it's from the Holy Spirit, what Jesus did on the cross, that we're able to walk in that place. Walking in the Spirit is a place, position of triumph over the flesh. The Spirit is our source of strength and power, which helps us to walk every day. He is our source of faith, love, and hope. 
Romans 6, 11, 14. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as though have those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. This is the role we play. We play a part in this particular journey. Now, one of the things that, uh, if you turn to Ephesians 5, this is something that I'm sure many of you have heard, but actually when I was going through this, there's something that spoke to me about this. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I learned many, many years ago that phrase, being filled, it's a verb. It's not something that you basically just do once. It's continuously aligning yourself, being filled, allowing more and more and more of the Holy Spirit to influence the way that you live your life. It's interesting, if you would choose to align yourself with the Holy Spirit, look what happens. Speaking to one another with psalms, those are psalms of encouragement. Want to grow in the, being able to encourage with the Lord and others? Come along, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal you. That's part of what the prophetic team's all about. Basically allowing God to give you words of encouragement that come from God, that when you put that word from God into someone's life, they go, wow, and it offers transformation. Now we come to the part, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit read it out. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking and envying, envying others. One of the things I found interesting is that we know, or maybe you don't know, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But this one, it's interesting that Paul talks about fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I'd always thought this was fruits of the Holy Spirit, but it's not as fruit of the Spirit. Uh, as I was going through and thinking about this, is that it's not a case of, well, God's going to give that person love and then give them that joy. No. Allowing the Holy Spirit to flow in you, every single part of fruit of the Spirit is going to grow. Part of growing fruit, if you've ever grown fruit, is that it needs to be attached to the vine, which goes back to what Jesus says, abide in me. When you abide in God, the fruit of the Spirit, all of those eight attributes are going to be growing and growing and growing and growing. Now, of course, there are times in our life where one of those seems to be more relevant than the other. Maybe you're going through a season where love 
is growing. Maybe self-control, maybe forbearance, patience. One of those things is growing, and that's one of the questions we're going to do in a moment. But the important thing is, is the Holy Spirit's goal is to make us more like Christ. And we all have a part to play. All of us have a part where we come every morning where we say, Holy Spirit, show me what you want me to do. I'm amazed how many times there are situations in my life where I have to make a decision. Even today, I had to make a decision. Do I listen to the Holy Spirit or do I say no? Like the Galatians did. Galatians foolishly thought, I'm going to do it out of my own strength. I'm going to ignore God. I'm going to do it out of my own strength. And they failed. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to provide supernatural, endless resources that will help you. But we have to partner with the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be there, faithful, guiding us in every single way. Because the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus, just like Father, is full of love, as mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13. The heart of God is to partner with us to be able to grow in us, process of sanctification, so that we can influence others. When we walk in the Holy Spirit, not only do our lives get changed, but everyone else around us gets changed because the Holy Spirit can't help but flow out and speak words of encouragement. What does walking in the Spirit mean? It starts off with the Holy Spirit living in you when you become saved. We've all done that. But we're also called to open ourselves to the influence of the Holy Spirit that resides within us and to then partner with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So, what we're going to do now is, if we can put the questions up on the board or the slide. There's two questions that we're going to be discussing, Greg. How has the Holy Spirit influenced your life recently? Share an example. Second question, which of the fruit of the Spirit do you sense God is specifically identifying that uh, is working on your life at the moment? There's many different things, but is there one particular fruit of the Spirit that Holy Spirit has just identified as we've gone through this morning or this evening about what he wants to speak to you about?